The late night anger management class has begun. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, our radio affiliates, the degenerate gamblers, the insomniacs, and everybody else in between. The Monday night meltdown has begun. we got a full house here this evening. Paul Bovey from Covers.com is going to step up in it. One of the sharpest minds uh, in the business. Paul, uh, we'll get his thoughts on all the opening numbers. We'll see uh, where he decided to step up in it and uh, move a number as far as the wild card weekend is concerned. We'll also get Paul's thoughts on the national championship game. Uh, George Kurtz will step up and then we'll get his thoughts on the wild card game and his thoughts on the situation going on in the National Football League right now as far as all the coaches are concerned. What's the best available job? Who are the top candidates uh, for these jobs? What's going to happen with the National Football League draft? If Justin Fields beats Alabama, don't tell me that people aren't going to say, you know what, this kid's the new number one pick uh, right now. Trevor Lawrence is going to find out you're the guy until you're not the guy, and you might not be the guy uh, right now uh, already. And uh, speaking of guys, uh, Joe Judge, he's a guy. Uh, Joe Judge, he's not too happy right now. And we talked about this last night with New York Giant players taking to social media to call out the Philadelphia Eagles for rolling over uh, against uh, Washington. And now Joe Judge steps up and in and goes on some, like, uh, tirade rampage that was, like, long. Not like a couple of comments. Like, listen, Joe Judge is upset for real. You can't, like, fake that type of stuff. Joe Judge says the Eagles are a disgrace to the integrity of football and that you know, people in a pandemic worked hard to get where they are, and the Philadelphia Eagles have no respect for the game, and he's never going to forget this. It's like, bro, you're the coach of a six-win team. You know you know what would have gotten you into the playoffs, Joe? Um, I don't have to call you coach. I'll call you Joe. Um, you know what would have gotten you in the playoffs, Joe, was if you didn't blow an 11-point lead against the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of weeks ago. That would have gotten you into the playoffs, Joe. Um, last time I checked, it wasn't Doug Peterson that decided to send Daniel Jones out there on one leg uh, a couple of weeks ago either. Yeah, that wasn't on Doug Peterson. I don't believe it was Doug Peterson that constantly punted from the opponent's 40-yard line. You did a good job this year, Joe. Settle down, look in the mirror, worry about your own yard. Doug Peterson's got enough problems. Doesn't need to worry about you, a six-win rookie coach, talking about integrity. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-933-2162. 800-933-2162. 800-933-2162. That's 800-933-2162. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to the source of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah. Well, you need to know the winners, and I know the winners. So call me now. Whoa. $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute. 
have reached the coach's hot line. Line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my MA mm -hmm. versus Sin. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati. Not. Cincinnati. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moretti. Full house. Tim May. Tim May Sports. Letterman Rowe will join us a little bit later on. He was uh, with the Columbus Dispatch for like 42 years. Been covering uh, covering Ohio State football forever since uh, 1984. He's been on the Buckeye beat. So we figured, you know what? This guy probably knows uh, something or two about the Ohio State program. We talked Justin Fields, Coach Ryan Day, Buckeyes, uh, Alabama, uh, and uh, more. George Kurtz uh, will join us. Paul Bovey ready to step up and in. I just want to, um, I just want to um, give you guys Joe Judge's uh, comments here. Uh, Joe Judge's words. The one thing to keep in mind this season, we had a lot of people opt in, coaches, players, that includes family members as well, to look at a group of men that I ask me to give a effort on a day-in, day-out basis and empty the tank. I can look at them in the eye and assure everything. I can put them into a competitive advantage and put them in a position of strength. The sacrifice they made to go to work every day and test before coming in and sit in meetings, spaced out to wear a mask, blah, 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 blah. There's a number of sacrifices made by players. Like, he went on and on and on. To disrespect the effort that everybody puts forward uh, in the National Football League, to disrespect the game by the way the Eagles going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and not doing anything to help those players win, we'll never do that as long as I'm head coach of the New York Giants. Yeah, thanks, Coach Lombardi. Thanks for giving us the ethics of uh, football uh, here. Are you the same coach that won six games this year, Joe? Are you the same coach that beat the Cowboys because of an ass fumble that you were lucky to get that call? Well, yeah, dude, Pettis didn't even catch the ball, Judge. It hit the ground. You're a six-one. You're a six-win team. I expect you, Joe Judge, to be Mr. Responsibility and say, you know what? Uh, we had a great year. I appreciate the effort from my players. We didn't win enough games. That's what I expect from you, Coach. I don't expect it's the Eagles' fault. Doug Peterson's a moron. Yes, we know this. He's been a moron all year. He doesn't need you to be a moron. And secondly. Callers on the damn whip to Howard Eskin knew that Sunfeld was going to play. Everybody knew. There were props for Sunfeld. Everybody knew. And how about, the, how about the sacrifice that Sunfeld put in, coach? You know, how about him being the third-string quarterback, showing up, not getting COVID, wearing a mask, and all that other stuff? And how about the coaching staff say, you know what? Carson Wentz is a bitch that's crying. Why don't we, like, reward Nate, let this kid play for a couple of series this year? Because he's put the work in. But I guess his sacrifice isn't as much as your sacrifice. You want to blame someone, blame Evan Ingram for dropping that ball. You're the one that blew the 11-point lead against the Philadelphia Eagles. You're the one that played an injured Daniel Jones. You're the one that punted all the time from the opponent's 40-yard line. Let's bring in a giant uh, fan and uh, old-school giant fan, Mr. Paul Povey. Paul, man, I don't think other teams owe any other team anything. You know, you handle your own business, and it is what it is. How you doing, Paul? What's your take on Joe Judge? Great. And get off my lawn, baby. I hear it. I hear it. I love it, Gabe. So, what do you think about uh, what? Are, what do you? The, the, the giant players, I get. The giant players, I get. Your players, you're going to squawk online. That's what today's players do. Fine. And you know what? I thought Golden Tate said it best instead of crying. He said, "Damn, 
I guess they uh, they hate us more than they hate Washington. <laughs> like, and yeah, maybe that part, maybe part of that is true. But it was no secret that Nate Sudfeld was going to play a bit. And, and you're a six-win team, Paul. You can't cry and talk about integrity of the sport when you won six games, bro. What's your take? My take is I just got the Warrior game over the numbers, so I'm in a better mood than I was when you started your rant. But look, teams have been resting players in the last week of the season since the beginning of time. I don't have a problem with it. It wasn't like the guy was lighting up. What was he, 7 for 20 for 60 yards or whatever he was? I don't have a problem with Sudfeld coming in. Uh, It's just the way the NFL is. Teams get to that last week. Anything goes. Nobody owed the Giants a debt of gratitude, as far as I'm concerned. And he did what he did. I wasn't privy to watching the entire game. I have to tell you, I had a was closing out a money line parlay on Washington, minus three, minus 30 on a reverse. And I said, you know what? I'm getting out of this game. Took a dime at plus 420 on the Eagles just to cover myself. And uh, got up, woke up with some Benjamins, read about it this morning. But I, I don't have a problem. I agree with you, Gabe. And I am a Giant fan. Uh, the chips fell where they, where they did, and, and that's the way it is. But you know what this does do? It sets up uh, a hostile relationship between Joe Judge, and that's his persona, and Doug Peterson. So this might be like Buddy Ryan and Jimmy Johnson all over again, Sam White, Jerry Glanville. I love it. Yeah, you know what? As much as as multiple things can be right, okay, without a doubt, and I see what Joe Judge is doing. You're exactly right. And I saw saw somebody um, talking about uh, basically, you know, all the election-type stuff. And they said, listen, they said nobody's overturning anything. But they said they're just sort of setting the table for futures. <laughs> like, it's the same type of thing, right? It's like, you know, you're sort of setting the table. You're thinking in advance. And you want to have your giant players mad. Joe Judge, that type of guy that I would imagine, that he'd rather have his players leave angry and have a chip on their shoulder than feel complacent somehow, you know, after a six-win season. But, I, you know... You know, for me, his part going on here about, about you know, I put my team in a position to win all the time. It's like, dude, you're a rookie coach that won six games. This guy thinks pretty highly of himself. I get it. You, you punched out an offensive line coach. You're also a six-win six coach, bro. So I, you know, I'd lay off the whole integrity stuff and disrespect stuff. And I'd also lay off about how all your players put sacrifice in. Your starting cornerback committed an armed robbery, okay? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Let, let's let's just drop this, coach. You know, I, I, I'm not, it's not, is it Joe Judge's fault that DeAndre Baker's a moron? No. But I'm just tired of, like, the sanctimonious crap from everybody all the time. Like, oh, like, I know, Joe Judge, you're perfect. Everyone else sucks. You coached under Belichick for six weeks, so you know everything about football. We get it. Every, no one else knows about integrity. And you want to talk about integrity, Judge? You coached under a coach that's the biggest cheater in the history of sports. All right, so let, let's let's chill out here. You know, your integrity, what, were you in on it? Like, what did you know about Spygate, bro? Sure you knew nothing about that, right, Joe Judge? You knew nothing about them, like, spying on other teams last year, right, when you were on the team. Nothing about that either, I'm sure. Integrity, shut up, bro. Come on. Integrity. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's look. 
I, I could go look, on. Look, <laughs> you know, all I could say is I'm glad we got Joe Judge. I like his style. He did what he had to do. Even with six wins, the Giants were competitive throughout. And you will recall seven, eight weeks ago, I was saying, hey, they could have beaten the Bears. They took them to the wire. They could have beaten the Rams. They could have beaten the Steelers in week one, if not for a late turnover. They were competitive throughout. So six wins doesn't tell the whole story. They fought. Evan Ingram dropped that pass in the Eagle game. He catches that pass. They win. They win a couple of squeaky games from Washington. I like the way they uh, conducted themselves this year, and they went out oh, on a high it. note. I get it. I get it. I could also. We could also kind of argue that Washington went for two, uh, didn't get it in that football game, and uh, they right. washed it out. Played out. Washed it out. Played him in the other game. And Alex Smith threw three interceptions, and they still only lost by a field goal, etc. Listen, they all suck. I just find it, you know what I mean? If you're a coach in the worst division in the history of the sport, basically, don't talk, don't bitch after. It is what it is. You didn't win the division. It is what it is. And don't blame the Philadelphia Eagles for it. But let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, the Colts, the Seahawks, the Rams, and everything else. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Bring it. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. Get on the grid. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're everywhere. Radio, the internet, TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger! Just take it! Take the ball! That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. All right, late-night anger management class. I'm Renzi. Paul Bowlby, Covers.com, kicking it with us uh, right now. Let's get into uh, Wild Card Weekend uh, with, uh, with Paul. Uh, checking uh, in right now with the updated uh, numbers. Uh, we've got uh, the Buffalo Bills laying six and a half points. The total was 52 and a half, uh, opened at 52 and a half, <clears throat> came down to 51 and a half, uh, Paul. Uh, Bills briefly hit seven at FanDuel, but now sits at six and a half uh, right now. And my personal opinion early in the week is that Buffalo are going to be too much uh, for the Colts and the game is going to go over the number. I don't think they're going to murder them. I don't think it's 56 17, uh, but. I think it's a 34-24 type of game, you know, 37-23, you know, maybe closer a little bit uh, than that even. But I do think the Bills get into the high 20s, into the 30s, and I don't think the Colts can really score more than like 24 points or something. What's your take on this game right now? My take on it is that uh, a lot of it's going to come down to Phillip Rivers. He's done a better job this year taking care of the football. He only has 11 interceptions, which uh, compared to last year, 18, 
much better, but still a little bit turnover prone. And Indies without their left tackle, Costanza, uh, Costanza that, uh, that's a little uh, concerning to me because uh, they, they should be able to get pressure on the quarterback. The Bills uh, probably will blitz them. They didn't do much, I have to tell you, against Jacksonville. It was all uh, a run, running game. Uh, they were just gashing them between Taylor and Hines, and Phillip Rivers didn't have to throw the ball much. Uh, and when he did, it was uh, choppy at best. Bill should get the better of it, but I have to tell you, every bookmaker in town will probably be besieged with teasers on the Bills down to a half a point. I think they're going to win the game. Will they win by more than six and a half? Uh, That looms the question. I'll probably play a prop, I think, uh, or two. I I think the number's a little bit inflated, but let's face it, they are a better football team. I would agree with you. I think Indy's going to have trouble stopping them. They lost the safety in Willis, who's very good. Rocky Sin is also out uh, for Indy. He's uh, quite important, and uh, they haven't done much uh, of late Indianapolis. They struggle with the Steelers. The week before, they benefited by uh, Kiki Kuti fumbling at the goal line. I'd have to go for Buffalo. I'd be reluctant to lay the number. But uh, as far as the team total goes and uh, and uh, what you state as far as them scoring points, look, the team total right now sits at 29-and-a-half. It's, it's on the high side. But, look, the Bills have uh, proven to be unstoppable of late. So I'm going to just uh, take a step back on the game. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. But right now uh, I'm leaning Buffalo. Something to keep your eye on, guys, as far as the point spread is concerned. Uh, the Buffalo at six and a half. It briefly hit seven. Uh, the Bills, uh, amazingly enough, they've won 13 straight times when favored by seven or more points. So McDermott's done a good job winning games. He's supposed to win. Uh, Bills, 13 and 0 straight up when laying seven or more. Last 13 times it's happened. We can talk about how the Bills are finally playing at home as well in the playoffs. Yet, what does it mean? They have a great pass history here. The Bills are 9-1 and one, their last 10 home playoff games, but it was another era. Josh Allen uh, lost last year, so Allen's only been in the playoffs once. Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback against uh, Jacksonville years ago. Uh, so Allen gets a home playoff game. I think it makes a big difference. So, Paul, let's get into uh, Los Angeles. Uh, point spread sits at four and a half. Aaron Donald said after the game that, you know what, the Seahawks are who we wanted. We want to play the Seahawks. Seahawks beat them 20 to 9 a couple of weeks ago in a game that, um, that Goff ended up dislocating his thumb. So there's a lot of talk about the quarterback situation. We've been speaking to Dr. Chow all the time. We believe that Goff is going to play in this game. The spread is four and a half. Cooper Cup is another story. It's, it's going to be close with the COVID tracing and the timeline. What do you make of the point spread here at four and a half, 42 and a half? Uh, all I could say is uh, Seattle, uh, the personality of this team has changed markedly from the beginning of the year. They were an offensive force. The last time Russell Wilson had a uh, usually productive game was against your Buffalo Bills because in the last eight games, he has not thrown for more than 200 
and 63 yards. In fact, he's thrown for 197, 181, 121. He had a 206, 225, and a 230. The offense has really been struggling. It struggled against uh, San Francisco on Sunday. They actually went 26 minutes of play without getting a first down. They got two late drives uh, to put the game away in, in the fourth quarter and benefited by a, a fumble and took that in for a touchdown. They were actually down in the game 16-6. to six. They have not looked impressive on offense at all. And now you got a situation where a couple key players might be out. As you know, Jamal Adams went out during the game, nine and a half yeah. sacks this year, and the team really turned around. Uh, or should I say when he was out, there was definitely a drop-off in terms of defending the run and also in terms of defending the backs out of the backfield. Uh, and getting to the catching quarterback. And getting to yeah, the quarterback. And to the he quarterback. was good at blitzing as well. Yeah, nine and a half sacks. You also have Jaron Reed, who's questionable. He had six and a half sacks. So if those two guys were to be out, 16 sacks out of the 46 that the Seahawks have accumulated, that would be devastating to their chances here. And you got to like what the Rams have done on, uh, on defense. You know, you, you got to lock down corner. Uh, they lost Micah Kaiser, which was definitely a blow to their defense, but it's still been pretty good, and they could stay in this game. Five points considering the offense and the state of uh, the defensive players and the status of those two guys, definitely too much at this point. Uh, I would take a pass on it, but I'll certainly be looking hard depending on the injury situation. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Whitworth could be back. And as we know, guys, he's been one of the best linemen in the league uh, for the last decade, real leader uh, with this team. How concerned are you about the quarterback uh, situation? Number one, are you concerned about how – listen, people are concerned about how Goff is going to play when he's healthy. Uh, do you trust Jared Goff? And you're not playing the game right now, but for argument's sake, you look at Jared Goff coming back. There's some people saying that, you know what, just go with Wolford. You won last week with them. Goff's got, you know, pins in his finger and all that type of stuff. But let's be real. They're not starting John Walford if Jared Goff can start. What's your concern level? Um, and also the Cooper Cup stuff. we got to keep our eye on that. But what's your, what's your take on, do you trust Goff at all here getting the points, coming back from this injury? Yeah. I trust his decision-making just because of the experience factor. You know what's going to happen. If Walford plays, they're going to blitz the heck out of him. He's going to see things that he's never seen at Wake Forest. And he'll probably make a few mistakes. I mean, I give him credit yesterday. I actually uh, took the Rams at plus 140 when they went down 7 nothing, And it, it, it worked out. And uh, I have nothing but good things to say about him. And he scrambled a few times. It worked. But this is Seattle. This is Pete Carroll. They'll dial up some schemes, and they'll frustrate him. So I want Goff in there because of his experience, his decision-making, even if he's not 100% with respect to throwing the football. The Rams were 5-1 and one straight up and uh, against the spread their last six games against Seattle. McVay has uh, basically owned uh, Pete Carroll, and the Rams' defense has done a great job against Russell Wilson. Paul mentioned the shutdown corner. 
Uh, Metcalf has not lit up Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey, like, they, they basically get scared of it, and they stay away from it for one reason or another. But they did beat them down a couple of weeks ago. We can't overlook that. Russell Wilson, 6-1 and one against the spread in opening round playoff games uh, right now. All right, so we talked about New York um, and and the and Philadelphia situation. Let's talk about the team that actually won the division. The number keeps going up, man, uh, up to eight and a half right now. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into the nation's capital, Capital City, USA. Washington D.C. getting eight and a half points. Totals forty-five and a half. Paul, I don't trust Tampa Bay. Uh, I think I feel that they can exploit very weak defenses. But you put them up against a decent defense, and they've struggled. We saw what they did against the Saints, the Chiefs, uh, who don't even have a great defense. They were shut down until a couple late scores. Uh, But, of course, they beat the Lions, and I actually came out on your show and said the Lions' secondary was atrocious and gave you the statistics of uh, quarterbacks in the prior games that had thrown against them. And surely, uh, sure enough, Brady lit him up in the first half for 300-plus, and uh, then uh, Blaine Gabbert came in. And uh, this past week, uh, Falcons had a few guys out. They looked great. But you put them up against a decent defense. There's no way I'm laying that kind of lumber uh, with this team against the Washington secondary. The Washington plays respectable defense. It's just too many points and I'm not saying that Washington is going to likely keep pace with them it's just that the number is too fat and if Alex Smith doesn't make mistakes and he controls the clock because that's what he's good at I mean he had 162 yards passing yesterday but they you know control the clock that's what he has to do throw to his back run the football and you can do that against Tampa Bay Sports Rage Late Night continues. More Rapoli on the other side. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Late night anger management class continues. I'm Renzi. We're kicking it with Paul Povey. Covers experts. All right. So out of all these quarterbacks playing this weekend, I remember we always talk about Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk Cousins prime time. So one quarterback this weekend out of all the quarterbacks is uh, one and six straight up and zero and seven against the spread. <clears throat> the last seven times he's played in prime time. That quarterback's name, Tom Brady. It's funny how um, perception and reality are two different things here. 
And, you know, Paul, there's something strange about this, too, in which whenever these crappy teams make the playoffs, they always win. <laughs> like, it's only happened like three times in the modern era, you know, in the re, the re division formats and all this, whatever. Um, and the last two times it's happened, the seven-win team actually won outright. And the the other time it happened, they covered 3-0 and uh, against the spread. And, you know, you got Washington playing with house money coming into this right now. They can create pressure and get in Brady's face, too, which he doesn't like. I think this is out of – I said it last night. Out of all the games, this is the one team that I think can win outright. Uh, Gabe, let me make one other point about Tampa Bay. They are going to be without Devin White this week. This guy's got 140 tackles this year, nine sacks. It's it's That is a huge loss. You go back three weeks when they played the Falcons – he had 12 tackles, three sacks, uh, four and a half tackles for loss, two passes defended, three quarterback hits, and the second leading tackler, Carlton Davis, who's a cornerback, he's out. I've watched this secondary since that Monday night game against the Giants when Daniel Jones had several misconnections. They're not that good. This is a team, again, that feasts against weak competition. When they beat the Vikings a few weeks ago, they had all of 300 yards of offense. In fact, a couple yards less, and the Vikings ran the ball for five yards a carry. The Vikings just could not convert. This is an overrated, overhyped team, just like the Cowboys were coming into the Giant game. Too many points here, and the fact that it's drifting up with White out says to me it's just public money. That's all it is. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think that ultimately Tampa will survive. I don't think Washington have enough, quite enough on offense, but I'm not so sure Tampa can distance themselves too much in this football game either. What, Like we said, Washington are playing with house money. They're playing at home. They're going to be flying around. They've got nothing to lose. And they've got playmakers too. They can do enough here and there to, to bother Tampa along the way. We're talking about finesse versus sort of grit uh, here. Rivera's playing with house money. So uh, Washington getting eight and a half right now, total 45 and a half. Baltimore, three and a half point favorites. Uh, these two teams have played twice in less than a year. Uh, they played in the playoffs last year, and then they played again this year. And Tennessee has beaten them both times. Um, Lamar Jackson, guys, for all of his greatness, hasn't won a playoff game yet. Still has not won a playoff game before, yet the market likes the Ravens here because I think it's an anti-Tennessee defense uh, play. Uh, Tannehill, since Tannehill's taken over, 23-6 and six now to the over, guys. Totals 54.5 here. Ravens lay 3.5. What's your take, Paul? My take is that the Titans don't get any kind of a pass rush. You know, they got to Deshaun Watson yesterday four times. And that was, they. I think they have, what, 19 sacks for the year? And they had two sacks against him prior. Uh, they just don't get any pressure. So I, uh, I, I'm i not saying that this is fair value to lay three points with the Ravens at this point because, let's face it, the Titans can score points in bunches, big bunches. But last year, look at this game. Ryan Tannehill had 88 yards passing. Uh, it, it was just Lamar Jackson turning the ball over. They couldn't crack the end zone. Uh, I think if Baltimore gets off to a fast start, 
the game will take on a totally different complexion, and it will be the Titans playing catch-up and the Ravens playing their football game. Am I going to be on the game? I don't know, but I'm confident that the Ravens will score some points, especially if they get Sneed back in the lineup. He was out this week, uh, but you know Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have full confidence in his ability to throw the ball, so you can count on this guy running the ball 12 to 14 times. I played his uh, his total over on Sunday at 65. He blew that number away, and he'll probably blow this number away again, and uh, he'll take matters into his own hands. That's a good point because he's not going to want – it's whatever it takes. They don't care about staying in the pocket, staying in the pocket. <laughs> They're going to be like whatever it takes, win the damn game. I think that it's tough. They're tired of losing to Tennessee. A Tennessee or scrappy team, it's hard to want to bet the under, guys. These Titan games, they just explode. As we said, at 23-6, and six, last 29 football games. Weather won't be a factor, 45 degrees, 6-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, we know about the Buffalo weather, as we discussed earlier. Um, oh, yeah, we discussed it last night and earlier today. 28 degrees. We were talking, we got into an argument about what cold weather is, and 40 degrees is not cold weather. All right, 28 is not even cold, but... For Philip Rivers, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's not that cold. Let's be real. Like, it's not cold. It's, cold. it's relative. I when I lived in Miami, these people would be walking around with overcoats <laughs> when it was fifty-two degrees. I would be. I would. I sleep in fifty-two degrees. These people are walking around in overcoats. It's all relative. You know. I look. I spent a year up in Fredonia, right by Buffalo. I, like you, I know cold. We know cold. Uh, 40 degrees isn't cold. It's a joke. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. But you're right. And it is all relative. But And honestly, you can be from a cold weather place. But look, living in like, I lived in Los Angeles, man. I remember one night I was at a Raider game. I was freezing my ass off, man. And I was, someone even told me, they're like, bro, why? how can you think this is cold? I was like, because it is. Dude, I, when I lived in Vegas, it snowed. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is all relative. I don't like cold, but I'm just, you know, stating facts that, you know, people, you know, betters always do this. Football people always do this. Oh, weather's going to be a factor. Weather's going to be a factor and stuff. And, you know, once in a while, look, that Cleveland game earlier this year, weather was a factor. It was a monsoon. That's not, no one, no one was soft to say, oh, that wasn't crazy. It was crazy. The rain was coming down sideways and hard, and the score was 10-7 uh, in the end. We get it. But, you know, people overblow this weather thing out of the way, you know. They, they, over, they overdo it. But weather won't be a factor in Nashville here. I think there should be points. So, speaking of a lot of issues here, man, how about the Saints with all these issues coming in here? I don't know what the math is going to work out for for Kamara here, if he's going to be able to make it. It's going to be really tight. Uh, the Bears are getting 9.5 in this matchup against the Saints. 47.5, Paul. Look, uh, and I, I went over this uh, before the game against Green Bay. I was all over Green Bay. I, I give Mitch Trubisky credit. Yeah, okay. But the guy played Detroit and Jacksonville and all these scrub teams, and he was just feasting on these inept defenses, and he finally went against two solid corners in Jair Alexander and Kevin King, and it was game over. 
and uh, his his four game stint as uh, the heir apparent to Jim McMahon. Well, it's it's done. I don't know if they're going to resign him, give him another contract, but I just think he's over his head here with the Saints. So it, it's just a question of how many points the Saints win by. The Bears don't have much of a running game. I, I give uh, David Montgomery credit. He busted off a few runs the last few weeks uh, because the Bears were not running the football at all. But I'm not gonna. I'm not ready to say that the Bears are a solid running football team at this point because they're just not. I don't think the Bears have a lot going for them. They were short two corners on Sunday, and Aaron Rodgers made him pay. At one point, he was 10 for 10. And and, and just cherry-picking with Jalen Johnson out, Buster Scrine out. I don't know if those two guys will be back in the lineup. But what I do know is that the Saints will have their all-world receiver back in the lineup, Michael Thomas. So uh, it, it, this is just going to be a question of how many points the Saints win by. And this is going to be another game. Does it get to 10? Because right now, Paul, we're at that key number for teasers, right? At nine and a half. Could play a seven-point teaser, keeping it two and a half right now. Buffalo at six and a half right now. Uh, you know, Does this number go a little bit higher? It wouldn't surprise me if it did hit 10 by Sunday. It, it could. Uh, I would say it could bounce off the 10. I would say if it does hit 10, it will bounce. I don't think it'll go through the 10. Because I got to give the Bears a little bit of credit, and that's, uh, you know, double digits in this game is a little bit much. I think if they made the number before Sunday's game or yesterday's game against Green Bay, they probably would have made it seven and a hook. Uh, but of course, the Bears didn't have a good showing, and the Saints had a very good showing against Carolina. So uh, there's been an adjustment, and but ten would be an over adjustment. Let's put it that way. Paul Bovey covers experts, uh, kicking it with us. Covers.com. Cleveland Browns now get now get four and a half uh, against Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh nearly beat these guys with their backups. And Cleveland were in a must-win situation. Cleveland Browns' first playoff game since 2002. Ben Roethlisberger got the week off to uh, to get re-energized uh, for this game. So the spread was three and a half, up to four and a half uh, right now. Total 46 and a half. This is the Sunday night nightcap. Cleveland Browns literally definitively uh, in prime time against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's your opinion, Paul? Well, I think this, the uh, clearly the uh, Browns lost a very key defender in Olivia Vernon, uh, 36 tackles, 9 sacks, 13 uh, uh, tackles for loss. That was huge. But I, let's not go as far as saying that the Steelers played toe-to-toe with a team that played all their players versus a team that did not because the Browns were without B.J. Goodson. B.J. Goodson who played for the Giants, best run stopper, one of the best run stoppers out there. Steelers did run for four yards of carry because Goodson was out. And I, the Jets also had success against them, and that's the reason I played Frank Gore over his number because B.J. Goodson was out. Sendejo was out. Uh, Malcolm Smith tested positive. Denzel Ward, 18 passes defended, also out. I believe Kevin Johnson was out, another cornerback. So, the Browns were short. Quite a few players still held on to win the game. I give them a lot of credit. 
it's very difficult to play this game because of all these players for the Browns that are, uh, you know, on the fringe. You don't know whether they're going to play, not play. There's, you know, some of them are definitely not going to play because they were positive. Then there's some injuries. Obviously, Malcolm Smith uh, uh, is positive. He probably won't be in the game. Vernon, definitely not in the game. But if you look at that first game, when the Steelers beat him 38-7, to the one positive as a Browns fan you can take out of that is that uh, tw- 20 of the 60 tackles in that game are out. Spillane, Bush, Dupree, Hayden, Edmonds, 6 5 4 3-2. That and is Dupree big. All right, hold on, Paul. We'll, we'll be yeah. back on the other side. We should know Ben Roethlisberger, 28-5-1 versus Cleveland. Seriously. We do this 24 hours a day, every, every day. day. It's real. And it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than fantasy sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So many sports. So many memories. So many players. So many teams. So many great matchups. So many possibilities. Now are you This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, we're in a three-minute warning here, level one. Great stuff. What Paul Bovey is always covers experts. Look forward to start getting some basketball. Uh, What Paul is going to take me uh, a couple of days to get into an NBA groove. We got punch in the mouth uh, this evening. Real bad beat uh, late. The Pelicans blew a six-point lead, and then they lose with one second left. Malcolm Brogdon uh, drains a basket. So listen, Paul, and you can find Paul over at uh, CoversExperts.com. It's going to be the last time we talk uh, before, at least on the show here, before the uh, national title game. Any initial thoughts on Ohio State and Alabama right now, Paul? I got one more thing to say. The Steelers have sucked. Since they beat the Jaguars 27-3 with Jake Luton, <laughs> that Colt that game was lucky. There were two nonsensical interference penalties late in the game. They've sucked. Every game has sucked. The Knicks are now 4-3, and three, and I actually have this, this glow, this feeling that we actually have a real basketball team. I'm 20% to my win total of 22.5. Of and as far as the national championship game, I'm still not sold on the Ohio State defense. I think Alabama and Mac Jones scores as many points as they want. It's just a question of is as to whether Fields can keep up. But uh, you know, it should be an entertaining game. The number is uh, what is it, 74, 75? It, it's it's right. I mean, I mean, these teams should score a lot of points. Uh, and Ohio State really did impress me. I did not think they could match strides with Clemson. They did it, and not only did they do it, they gave him a pretty good beatdown. I thought it was interesting. I saw Justin Fields uh, just say, saw his comments about Clemson, and uh, he said that uh, we huddled and we slowed things down against them uh, to confuse them um, so they wouldn't steal our signs as well as they did last year. I guess Dabo and Clemson are pretty good at stealing your signals. 
So he said that was one of the keys to success. What was different this year and last year? He said they didn't steal our signals this year. <laughs> I, thought, I like this honesty. <laughs> Paul Bovey covers experts. Always a pleasure, my man. Happy New Year. Your class act. Thanks for the time, Paul. Thank you, Gabe. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Bring it. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.